Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is building honest and resourceful teams. And I have Charlie McMahon, who is the CTO Emeritus with Tulane University. Hey, Charlie, how are you? I'm good this morning. All right, great. So, you know, we have spoken about organizational design, and we've spoken about individual and team development on this show for quite a few years. This angle that we wanted to take is around the approach we take to building teams, which is, of course, you try to build um, a conducive culture, try to uh, hire right, etc., and and it results, hopefully, in most cases, a reasonably good team. But then it's like a, a living organism. It can shift based on what's happening outside, uh, the organization, and that has an impact plus an individual's life, and then also what's happening within the company based on where you're trying to go. So which means we have to keep a tab on what's going on with the the team and also the team individual team members themselves have to be honest with each other. And at the same time, given we will always have the resource constraint, they always have to be watchful on what they work with and are they maximizing the value which they can get out of the current resources or they keep clamoring for more. So how do we control that? How do we build an honest and resourceful team? That's the focus. So given where we are today, and and I always keep coming today, everyone talks about the digital. So it's digital now and then also the future is digital. And there are a lot of changes happening, a lot of disruptions happening. Do you think we could have a mechanism where we can have, at any given time, if I take a snapshot of a team, we will be able to measure what's the level of honesty they have, what's the level of resourcefulness they have, so we know they're doing the best they can? Oh, boy, that's a, that's a really interesting question, whether you can have a, a survey instrument or a... a um you know, a crowdsourced kind of uh, instrument that gives you a gauge on that. Uh, you know, so um, you've probably seen um, that there are several kind of social media apps that come and go that that judge your mood. Um, uh, and one of these is a tool that, that we kind of used at uh, Tulane to check the, uh, I guess, the emotional health of uh, our students, faculty, and staff, and it it was primarily used for people that uh, have displayed some um, uh, concerning behaviors in their social interactions. Uh, and so, basically, it was a an app that lets you um, at periodically at times during the day and and randomly um, uh, tell the app where you were and how you were feeling. And over time, looking at those patterns, you got to correlate the kind of things that made you happy and made you unhappy. And I could see a tool like that being uh, adapted to the workplace. If you had a um, particularly difficult group uh, to get to have positive social interactions and positive work-related interactions, uh, a social media tool like that that lets you 
mine big data, uh, in a sense, about a, an employee's uh, happiness and associate that with what's going on uh, at that moment in time, uh, that could very well give you insights into what might uh, make a difference for uh, correcting those behaviors. Now, given the behavior, one is one is to tackle the behavior, but then we are talking about the very DNA because when people are not behaving or they are faking a specific behavior that they are very excited or they are uh, telling the truth, but whether they are, they may not be telling the complete truth. Those things, of course, we cannot have an app to identify. So essentially what we are hoping is we do the right things and then believe and hope that the people who we brought on board and took the time to nurture will at all times, when dealing with each other at a cafeteria or, or you know, during a water cooler conversation, will give each other feedback and they will be honest, yet be mindful and not caustic. What is, what well, is the recipe to that? Well, I have a, a few simple uh, rules that I have. I, I call them McMahon's management mantras. Um, and, and the three principal things that I do is, first, I, I ask everyone to treat each other with dignity and respect. Okay? And that goes, it's especially true for uh, your team members. Uh, it's especially true for your family. And it's especially true for yourself. And I don't want to minimize the, the treating yourself with dignity and respect. Uh, the next thing I ask from, from everyone is if you make a mistake, admit it. And then the final thing is if you do something wrong, apologize. Now, these kind of behaviors don't necessarily come naturally to everyone. Uh, but as you kind of said earlier, um, if, if it doesn't come naturally to, it, to you, if you can mimic those behaviors, uh, you know, pretty soon you become more comfortable uh, behaving in that, in that manner. Uh, so I don't know if that made sense to you or not, but that's kind of the way I approach it. So fake it till you make it? Well, in, in some sense, yes. Uh, fake it till you make it, or if it doesn't come natural to you, uh, at, least, at least be cognizant that you need to be treating people with dignity and respect. Be cognizant that if you make a mistake, the best course of action is to admit it and then move on. If you do something wrong, the best course of action is to, uh, is to apologize. And, and even when it doesn't come naturally to people, if you start uh, encouraging them to behave that way, pretty soon they understand that it's in their best interest to do so. Uh, so it may never come naturally to them, but if they can adopt those principles, uh, it shows up in better workplace relationships and, and, and truly better self-esteem for the individual employee. So in, in, in the way we are moving forward in today's day and age, um, we are becoming virtual and uh, we are being asked to work with people who may, we may have never worked before or we will build, say, a project. You know that whole agile environment. You create a project, 
you get something done, you dismantle, you move on to the next. You're not necessarily going to work with the person who you worked in the previous project. So you are not essentially uh, working with people who get some time with each other off work or during the the lean times, if you will, or or uh, the time or rather downtime for them to truly build a bond. And if I were to tell two strangers to say, hey, you know what? You got to be honest with, with each other. And second, I also tell someone to say, you know what? I am going to have you do a certain project. I will offer you some resources. They may not be superfluous or they'll not be surplus resources. So I want you to work with the minimum possible. There is no loyalty towards each other. There is no loyalty towards a manager or the organization. Then how do you foster such behavior? Well, so there's a couple of, of things. And we've all we've all seen the type of employee in, particularly in technology, uh, and maybe this is a stereotype that would prefer to keep the lights down low, um, you know, work in the privacy of their office, and never really interact with uh, with another person face to face. And typically, these people can be very good at their jobs. But their social uh, skills are, you know, maybe they, they, they just maybe not have the desire to have those, those social interactions that you get around the water cooler. Um, so a couple of things that I think have to happen. I'll go back to my first principle to treat everyone with dignity and respect, but if, especially yourself. And part of treating yourself with, with respect is being respectful of others. Uh, you know, I, I had a situation with a, a company that I was uh, consulting with, and the senior leadership team said, you know, our, uh, one of the groups in the organization just doesn't treat the leadership with respect. And, you know, how do you make them respect me? And, you know, that's a, a tough situation, but the way I approach it is first to make the, the, the employees respect themselves. And when they understand that respecting themselves means behaving in certain ways towards, uh, towards their peers, towards their bosses, towards their subordinates, towards their customers, that can be transformative for them because it's, it's now focused on, on what's best for them in a way that also... Um, also improves the group dynamics. Well, so and I, thing, and I, yeah, go ahead. Well, the second thing I'll say about that uh, is you also have to have group dynamics that are self-enforcing of the kind of behaviors that you're looking for. Um, you know, one of the, one of the principles I have is that if you if you make a mistake, admit it. In the in the group, people. You know, you, you don't pull the wool over people's eyes very, very often, particularly those groups, those people in the group that are working closely with you on a project. And so if you make a mistake, your colleagues uh, and coworkers are going to see it. And, and so you've got to have a group dynamic that encourages people to own up to their own mistakes so that, that some of these things, uh, these, these uh, management mantras that I have, get self-reinforced by the collective and not just depend on the individual uh, to, uh, you know, to change their stripes overnight. 
Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we will be right back. And uh, Charlie, how about talking about empathy? And empathy is not something which you can tell, hey, you know what, you got to be honest with the other person or you have to treat them with respect. That's like more like parenting where you're telling, do this. Empathy is developed. It is something organic. It's an emotion of sorts, which was going to be voluntary. And that's important for a team to really become a real in a team in real sense. How do you make that happen? Or how do you foster an environment where empathy among team members is a commonplace? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Empathy, which is supposed to be an individual trait, and that's voluntary. Unlike telling them you got to treat other people with respect, this is something that has to come from within. And there could be different reasons why it may not come uh, in, in a given person and not necessarily that they're bad people. It could be the situation. It could be the way they started off in a relationship or overall what, what's going on in individuals' lives. Can and should we try to control this? Well, this is a really interesting question, and it's, uh, I'm glad that you raise it in this segment. Um, you know, empathy is is something that is more difficult than uh, than respect. I mean, you can you can give people rules for behaviors, and you can put mechanisms in place to make them follow them. But having empathy for someone um, seems to be more of a uh, of an innate uh, understanding of of uh, how you relate to your environment. I I, I think it's it's interesting to point out, or I think it's appropriate to point out, you know, that 
some people simply have challenges with empathy uh, that um, that I will say are medically related issues rather than uh, learned behaviors. And as you point out, there are always times in people's lives where things are going on that maybe you or your team doesn't understand that cause people to be more self-focused and more fragile um, uh, emotionally and makes those empathetic interactions uh, more challenging. Uh, you know, the, the things that I have, <clears throat> pardon me, the things I've done in the past that have been successful uh, is to, to simply be aware of when people are behaving unusually. Most people are fairly empathetic. And, and particularly when you've had time to work with people and you've built a relationship, you, you built a bond with someone, it's easier to feel empathy for them. Um, it's important to, to notice those people that empathy doesn't come as naturally for uh, and provide some help in the interactions they have with the rest of their teammates uh, and to have help for the rest of their teammates in how they appropriately understand and empathize with the person who, who may be lacking in empathy. Uh, you know, as we were discussing earlier, this is probably the hardest part of the job as a, as a technology leader, the manager of a team or a group or an organization, is to figure out how to make the team function well. And certainly, uh, a team that is lacking in empathy is not going to be very productive. So the example that you gave, if somebody is, uh, you know, not good in certain something and they are uh, having issues, then you uh, try to help out. That's more having a feeling of mercy and or compassion. When we're talking about empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And, and that means a person to have res- an individual in the team to have achieved a level of maturity or has had the right background which developed empathy because there will be people who uh, may not come from that background. They are just only about fending for themselves and they have low self-esteem and there are other issues which will prevent the empathy from developing, right? So it's not sympathy, it's empathy we're talking. Yeah, that's, I understand exactly what you're saying and, and you're right. And that, that's one of the reasons that it's, it's very difficult to, uh, I'll guess, instill empathy in your team members. It's empathy, unlike uh, respect, is not something that can be really mimicked. You can't fake it till you make it. Uh, it's, it's not something that is necessarily a learned behavior. Uh, it is something that is part of your entire value system, the entire way you look at, um, at life and your, your relationship to other people. Um, you know, so it's, that, that's, uh, I have to say, that's one of the more difficult uh, aspects of managing team dynamics uh, that there is because it's, you don't have as many levers to pull in order to instill empathetic behavior into the team. So, we, 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 do you think there is a way you could do something about it or we should just take it as a challenge and, and jury is still out on how to approach it? Uh, no, I think it's something you absolutely have to work for, uh, work on. 
but it is fairly uh, difficult. So for I'll give you an example. Um, you know, you may have an employee who's having a particularly hard time in their personal life. And, and so maybe they're not contributing to the team in the ways that they uh, have in the past. And you see your team members getting resentful and angry about that. Uh, now, if you could take, you know, if you understand what's going on in the person's personal life that's, that's changed their behaviors, you might be able to explain that to your team members uh, and and get them to understand and and have a empathetic uh, reaction. Uh, one of the problems comes up is that many times those those things that are going on in persons in a person's life that is changing their behaviors in the workplace are so private and so personal that you really cannot share them with the other team members. And so, you know, now you're faced with the challenge of how do you get people to have a empathetic reaction when they don't understand the the things that are going on at the root cause, all they really see are the negative impacts that, say, a person's behavior may be having on them and the rest of the team. Uh, so it's, you know, it's hard to, uh, I mean, this is, this is one of the toughest management challenges I think there are in, uh, in, uh, in IT leadership. Now, that said, let's talk about the managers and the staff. And, of course, there is a relationship that gets developed, sometimes respectful, sometimes even hostile. And these things would, would it, it could be fluid in some cases, but over time, hopefully, the manager and the staff uh, are able to work together. But then we also have a situation where because someone is like an individual is someone's manager, there may not be as much honesty. So if, if, a, if a subordinate wants to and needs to tell the manager, hey, you know what, you're not doing it right, or your idea is not as good, mine is better. But at the same time, you're not uh, mocking someone, you're not insulting someone, but yet you are honest, you're honest to each other because you have the right intent. How do you develop that? Well, so that's, you know, it comes back to my first principle again, that you treat everyone with dignity and respect, uh, particularly yourself. So, so you're right. Many times you have a situation where uh, the person in charge of doing a particular task, whatever that may be, is, is probably the expert in your organization on doing that particular task. And if that person has a manager who uh, likes to micromanage, who, who likes to um, to not only tell you what to do but tell you how to do it, then that can create conflict. Part of part of what I tell uh, people when I'm trying to to mentor them is that part of respecting yourself is to is to clearly and factually articulate the position you have um, and and explain why you think you're right and why you think. It should be done a particular way, whatever the circumstances are. But part of respecting yourself also is recognizing that you work in an organization with a, a chain of command, a hierarchy, and that once you've expressed yourself, uh, you, you have to accept and 
proceed with whatever the directions you have uh, received are, even if you don't agree with them. And also, I'll, uh, I, I finish this conversation that if, if you are respecting yourself and you truly feel that, that you're being told to do things that are, that are inappropriate, uh, your obligation is to, is to take yourself out of that situation. Find another opportunity where you will be happy, where you will be able to work with integrity, uh, where you think your dignity is, uh, uh, is intact. Uh, it is uh, probably the wrong approach uh, to be subversive, to uh, you know, try and work around uh, the, you know, the instructions that you've been, been given, try to go behind somebody's back to, uh, to do it differently. Uh, so it, you know, it comes back to, in my mind, uh, making sure that you, that you have respect for yourself and you act with integrity, uh, even in those difficult circumstances. So we spoke about empathy. We spoke about honesty. And now let's talk about caring, which is to actually... Uh, be on a lookout to help that other person grow or, or help them succeed and actually remove roadblocks if you can or facilitate uh, or bring some opportunities to them. That's like, you know, if you were to start layering or creating levels of how a team can develop or how individuals can deal with each other, this could be, I feel, be, it would be at the top after you've held uh, help them become honest with each other and have, have empathy with each other, then would come caring, right? Yeah, yeah. So I tell you, I think this is, you know, in, it's in a similar vein to all these other discussions. In some sense, this is a attribute that you, that you have or you don't have, and it's hard to instill it. There are some things that management can do. And, uh, and I think this is one of the easier of the challenges that we've talked about today. So if, if you as a manager or an organization value that kind of behavior, uh, it needs to be um, known and shown in a variety of ways. So you may have um, periodic recognition of those people that have not only done their jobs but helped other people do their jobs in significant ways. Uh, you need to have an opportunity to recognize formally. Um, this may be with salary increases or promotions. It may be with recognition at a uh, cake and ice cream gathering, uh, you know, one afternoon. But you have to find ways as a manager to value those behaviors, which means you have to be watching for those behaviors and find ways to, uh, to recognize when they are uh, happening, when somebody has gone out of their way to uh, help someone else succeed, you've got to recognize that as a manager and make sure that it is rewarded uh, in the organization. Um, that that's, uh, seems to be the most straightforward of all the topics that we've talked about today. So, Yes, we will have uh, situations where the team members may not truly work the way they are supposed to. And I'll, I'll pick up on the comment. And we'll take a quick break right now and we'll come back. But the thing which I wanted to uh, talk about here is, should we discount an individual's capability of being empathetic or being honest or being caring? 
or we should take ownership because there's a lot riding on these attributes for a team to develop and actually deliver what you want them to deliver. So where where are we drawing the line? Do we first of all try? Is there anything we can try? And if we do try, where do we draw the line after which we say, you know what, this is a lost case. We'll just have to live with it. But to assume that people are just not built to be caring or built to be empathetic or honest, that would be skipping an opportunity to make a difference in that individual's life and the team and then the organization. And that essentially the onus lies on leader. Let's talk more about it when we come back. Please stay tuned. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Charlie, we spoke about these uh, three things, right? Empathy, caring, and honesty. And there was a comment you made that, you know, some people would not just do it. I just hope that that is not a gross assumption. That's not a generalization managers are making all day. Because I'm sure as a leader, you would never assume that this person is like this, like, you know, not basically labeling a person. And I'm, and, and there is a risk of managers doing that all the time and giving up without before they have actually put in the desi- required effort to turn around situation and, a peop- uh, and people and teams. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, our organizations are made up of all kinds of people and you need all kinds of people. And just because folks don't, fit a certain mold or a pattern uh, doesn't mean they're not valuable contributors and doesn't mean that they don't deserve the, uh, the mentoring that you would give to, uh, to any employee. I mean, all of us in, in, in IT in particular uh, have had the stereotype uh, employee that is absolutely brilliant. And if you give them a task and, 
and uh, go away and leave them alone. They they do, you know, they do outstanding work. It's it's uh, fast. It's accurate. Uh, they they understand the requirements, and you're you're pleased with them. But they they are lacking in some of the uh, emotional maturity that we've been talking about today. Uh, I think as managers, you have to recognize that you have all kinds of of people, and and give people opportunities to contribute in ways that, that they can be successful. Um, I do think, though, that some of the types of work that we do require um, good social interactions and good team participation. And so if, if you find yourself in a situation where the type of, of, of work that you need to get done is dependent on these healthy team dynamics, uh, you've got an obligation to try and make sure everyone has an opportunity uh, to to fully participate in a healthy way uh, in in the uh, projects that you're working on. Uh, you know, you can't you can't simply write people off, but there there does come a time when you have made appropriate efforts, uh, and the person is not part of a uh, of the team in a way that is healthy and beneficial to the team, uh, that you do have to move on and make uh, other choices. Fortunately, all of us have robust uh, human resource departments that make sure that when we have those situations that we are being fair to the, to the employee and we are being fair to the, to the organization at the same time, uh, not just writing people off, but, but uh, making legitimate good faith efforts uh, to integrate everyone into a successful team. Let's talk about resourcefulness, um, which essentially is a trait of any entrepreneur or any uh, any progressive individual, right, who has an intention mm-hmm. to getting things done. Now, there are, of course, the extremes as whiners who always will find what's not working because of which they're not able to move forward. But then there are others who will take a reasonable, make a reasonable effort in, in trying to use what the resources they have. But then at the sign when they are not seeing what's not conducive to them, they make noise and try to ask for more. How do you develop that extreme sense of resourcefulness that an entrepreneur has and he takes pride in it? In each member of your team, given that the number of initiatives you want to take on, in this digital era, or even otherwise the things which you have to juggle at individual team and organization level, will always exceed the amount of resources we have. So being resourceful actually is a competitive advantage for a company, and that too at an individual level. So if this was really focused on, there could be a lot more an organization can accomplish. But number one, do we understand What's the level of resourcefulness? Is there a measure that we have developed? Or we just take it as a nature versus nurture? And if, if, if either case, how do you develop it? Especially in the case if you think it's nurture. So this is a, a question that not only is in IT, but in, in almost any endeavor that you have, commercial endeavor. Uh, resourcefulness is indeed a competitive advantage. Sometimes you build organizations that that do not encourage or foster 
um, resourcefulness. And sometimes there are good reasons for that. I mean, if you're in a, uh, a highly regulated industry, uh, as an example, if you're in banking, uh, you know, you, you have to be very careful about, about straying from the standards that the, uh, the institution has endorsed. So the first thing you've got to do is find out whether you're a, you know, a, a, an organization that values resourcefulness. Um, and then you've got to find ways to recognize it. You're always going to be, as you suggested, you're always going to have people uh, who are quite happy to do the minimum they can to get, to get by. You're going to have people that, um, that are really hard workers, uh, but they stay within the lines. You know, you, you set out the rules and uh, they do everything possible within that framework. And then you're going to have people that will look at the problem and come to you and say, if we attack the problem differently, if we use a different uh, product or a different approach or, or uh, a different platform, that we could do it better and faster or we could achieve superior results. If you're an organization that, that, is, that values that, that needs to be made apparent to the, uh, to the workforce. And when people get rewarded uh, for being creative and being innovative and being resourceful, uh, more and more people will be encouraged to do so. Uh, but if you have an organization that punishes people for uh, for trying, because I mean, it's just we have to recognize that when you're being resourceful, when you're going, um, you know, um, to do something that's not proven. Uh, you're going to have failures mixed in with those successes. So, you know, if you've got an organization that is punishing people for trying something new and different and resourceful versus an organization that is rewarding those efforts, that that makes a difference in how the rest of the workforce behaves. So the way you describe resourceful, are you referring to being entrepreneurial? Because the way I see resourceful is having the ability to find quick and clever ways to overcome any difficulty or any hardship or, or finding creative solutions to a problem which otherwise may look are unsurmountable. So well, that, that yeah, may be so a little different than someone doing experiment. So, so when you do experiment, that is you're trying to pilot something or you're trying to do a proof of concept. That's, but, but the way, let, let's look at it this way. Suppose you want to do a pilot, even a company wants to do a pilot, but that will take you money. And you do not have the money, so how do you shave it off from somewhere else or how do you get creative in terms of finding the resources to get ahead in whichever direction you were going? That's being resourceful. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, let me draw on a, an experience I had very early in my career. Uh, I was talking to uh, a person from Firestone, uh, and, and a friend of mine uh, was being interviewed for a job. And so the, the, the person doing the interviewing uh, painted a scenario and said, you know, what would you do if you had a project that you just knew was a good project, um, but but whenever you asked for approval to do it, uh, it was denied because you know they didn't give you the resources or whatever. Uh, what would you do? 
know, and, and what he was trying to get at would, was, would you give up uh, and and say, okay, that's not you know what my boss wants, what the company wants, or would you persist and try and find a way to do it, even though it wasn't, you know, maybe uh, officially recognized. You're you know you're taking a risk uh, to um, uh, when when you do that. And what the what the person was looking for was that individual that would find a way to come back and say, hey, here's a here I I've, I've figured this out. Let me show you the results, rather than asking, uh, rather than giving up when they're when he's told you don't have the resources to do it. Just stick with uh, with things that are already approved. Would you call that think- courage, though? Would you call that what you just said? Is it courage because the person went against the wane? He did. He said, "I'm going to ask for forgiveness than for permission." Would you call that as courage versus being resourceful? I so you know it may be a bit of both. Uh, I in some in some ways I think you can't be resourceful uh, without being courageous. Um, you know if you're. Uh, but I, but I can see uh, I think what you're getting at that there are ways it's, there are ways there are times or circumstances where you can be resourceful you can approach a project or a problem differently than than conventional thinking and so you're really working on a proof sanctioned process you're just finding a way uh, to to achieve it with fewer resources faster what whatever that might be but generally I think those are related concepts that that you've got to be courageous in some sense uh, to be resourceful when you're resourceful you're you're really going outside the bounds of what is normally accepted and there's there's always going to be some risk whenever you're doing things that have never been done before but doing them differently than they have been done before and and to you, the way you mentioned that, okay, if you want people to be resourceful, you just give grant them immunity. Is that what you're saying? That go figure it out. And if in the process of figuring it out, you then go out of bounds, it's okay for you to do that, or you draw lines or boundary lines around it. Well, I'll tell you, there are always going to be boundary lines. Uh, you know, if um, if you uh, if you try something that you really believe in your heart is the right thing to do, and you have a, a bad result, you haven't thought it through, um, someone gets hurt, you know, the company loses a lot of money, I mean, there, this is, um, there, there will be consequences for that. But, but when you're building a, an organization that encourages resourcefulness, uh, you know, absent those big expensive failures um, you know you you probably should give um, a pardon or immunity for minor indiscretions this really is going to go back to the corporate culture though uh, and and if you've got a really buttoned down corporate culture that says you know you you toe the line then you're not going to have a resourceful creative workforce so there's got to be some um, uh, some level of of um, I'll look the other way. I'll uh, you don't get punished for trying. Uh, if you if you get punished every time you try and fail, then uh, then you're not going to have a creative, resourceful workforce. 
Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And talking about resourcefulness, uh, Charlie, one is to not curb somebody's desires to go out of bounds, and that's where you draw the boundary line. That's a great problem that at least somebody is willing to be resourceful. Then there are many other times when people are simply saying, you know what, tell me what next because I'm already burnt out. Or I've got way too many things you want me to get done and it's, I've got all over, I, I already have a more than spilling plate. So then you have environments where people are not willing to be resourceful. But you cannot be shepherding people to be resourceful. There has, this has to come from within like our, any other attribute that we spoke today. What do we do to have people be excited enough or really wanting to be resourceful? What can leader do from the position they are working with their managers and the organizational support that everyone as an individual comes as a powerhouse who's willing to give it all they have to make the most of the resources which are scarce in the first place to deliver the best outcome. Please stay tuned listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, great problem if an organization has a bunch of, I would call them mavericks, who want to go out of bounds and, and be resourceful and create something which someone could not even imagine. But then, most organizations have issues with many people working on many, many things, but they are simply not stretching themselves in the interest of being resourceful. Who is at fault here? Yeah, so I tell you, I believe that's a management issue when you when you have employees that get complacent or or get satisfied with simply doing what they're asked and 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 seem to have lost the curiosity or the or the uh, interest in going a little bit beyond what the basic uh, job requirements are. I think that's a management problem. Of course, 
I believe that I believe in the 80-20 rule. 80% of your problems are management-induced, uh, and 20% of them, at most, uh, you know, are directly related to the employee. So in, in situations like, like you've described, um, you know, it's up to the manager to recognize that he's got people who are, I don't want to say coasting, but, you know, maybe not going the extra mile or that have become a little bit stale or a little bit burned out. Uh, what I do is try and identify some skunk works projects uh, that I am interested in. So we talked about resourcefulness earlier. Managers have to be resourceful as well as uh, individual contributors. And one of the ways that I'm resourceful as a manager is is to, to have some things, some projects that are maybe not officially sanctioned, but if we could pull them off, would make a dramatic difference to the to the organization. And, you know, the tendency is to want to go to your stars and say, okay, you know, here, here are my uh, all-star team and ask them to work on that project. I have found many times you get pleasantly surprised by going to the people that you've, that you've just described, people who are, you know, the, they're in your organization for a reason. They know what they know their stuff. They they are good employees, but maybe they're feeling uh, a little bit stale, or they're maybe feeling a little bit like someone else has been getting the 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 limelight, been getting the choice assignments, and ask them to work, you know, kind of behind the scenes in a low key way on a project that can make a difference for the organization, make a difference for the company, and see if that opportunity helps helps revitalize their spark their interest in in contributing all they as a, as the uh, army recruitment said be all you can be uh, I think it's the manager's responsibility to recognize and provide those opportunities for people that are uh, that, that might benefit from that little bit of change that little bit of extra attention that little bit of Opportunity for them to dis- to distinguish themselves and actually actually uh, shine in the organization. Now we are looking at the companies uh, which are working towards these areas, right? And there would be some leaders who will focus on it. And as the leaders change or managers change, how do we? get this honesty and resourcefulness and caring and empathy, those type of sentiments to not get impacted with the change of regime, if you will. I tell you, whenever you change leadership, that is traumatic for the, the people that have remained behind. Uh, you know, if you get a new boss, that means there is some uncertainty. Many times, you know, there's a perception that you're getting a new boss because the old boss wasn't doing something that was they were doing something wrong, or they weren't they weren't meeting the expectations of of senior leadership in the organization, and so there's some trepidation that that kind of permeates the organization. Some, uh, you know, we don't know what's coming next. We don't know why this is happening. Uh, and and you may lose your center, your focus, or your understanding of what your role in the organization is. Uh, I come back to my first principle: you you have to 
uh, respect yourself. Uh, and part of that is, is understanding that you know your job, you're good at your job, you are, you are a valued contributor, uh, and that needs to show in your interactions with your new management, the new, your new boss. Uh, not, you know, I, 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 it's different from saying you've got to be confident, but um, you have to, well, you have to be confident. You have to understand that uh, you are, your value as a person, your value to the organization has not changed just because you've got new leadership. Uh, now, you get a new leadership, a new person comes in with a different style, and so some of the team dynamics may change, and some of the interactions with your boss may change. But if you res- you approach them in a respectful, in an honest way, uh, as we talked earlier in the program, you're going to be just fine in that transition. Um, it, and I hate to, to say this, it's... You know, the, the income management has to recognize that and has to be aware that there are, um, you know, there's been a disruption in the force, and they've got to come back and be sensitive to the team dynamics uh, and try and do things that recognize where the team was being successful and encourage those activities. And where the team has not been as successful, bring other techniques and opportunities uh, that can help improve that uh, performance. So uh, I don't know if that helps our, our listeners out there, um, but recognizing that change in leadership and change in and even key members in the group disrupts the, that dynamic, and you've got to be sensitive to it until an equilibrium has been reestablished. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, Charlie, for sharing your views on how leaders can build honest and resourceful teams and uh, treat each other with empathy and care so that the end outcome is we all win with the newer environment that we're dealing with and the outcomes we're looking for. So thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thank you. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, uh, search for CTN. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and please do uh, subscribe to our podcasts. We are on iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, a lot of different places. So please find us and listen to us and give us your rating. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.